Welcome back to the Hockey House Pod, episode 80, presented by Optimex Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, joined by Stephen Glick and our executive producer, David Herman, bringing you the latest news from around the ACHA and the CHF. Excited for this episode. We're snapping the puck around. We were just talking before the show. Everyone's excited. For a lot of guys, I don't know, Glick, you can answer this for me, but I feel like November is kind of a tough month for a lot of teams. You've been at school for so long. I think colds and flus are going around college campuses at this time of year. Everyone's banged up. I want to get your perspective on that because I feel like it seems like a lot of teams go through it this time of year. That is so incredibly accurate. I feel like I've been like kind of sick for the past weeks, like not sick enough that I can't do the regular stuff that I normally normally do but it just still just sucks and you're just tired school's hard you got all your projects like i have so many projects due this week and next week it's ridiculous i swear all professors at college just like yeah you know this is the week where everything is due so i totally agree with that that is so accurate What's even worse is they do the, um, I don't want to give you work over Thanksgiving break, so I'm going to put it next week. And then like you come back and it's December 1st and you just have a a stack of assignments waiting for you when you come home every day. So I I definitely feel that. And it's also, it's that time of year where you work as late as you can and then you're like, all right, I'll get up in the morning and do it. And then morning comes and you're hitting that snooze button at least six times like I do every morning. Yeah, that is so accurate. What's even worse are the professors who are like, you know what? I don't want to have anything to do after break so i'm gonna have everything due the week before that's horrible just give us those extra like week just to get it done that's just me complaining about school herm i know you've got plenty of work on your own are do you envy our situation or is the workforce work much more stressful i am going to leave the office at midnight tonight there's a solid amount of stress in the workforce right now well there's college work stress and then there's working in sports stress right don't even get me started i this is this the sport, <laughs> the regular season is is a whole whole different type of grind. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a busy time of year, and at least for me, I, I'm I was talking to my parents earlier, like I'm I'm so looking forward to going home and just like sleeping in my childhood bed and sleeping in until eleven o'clock, and then waking up and probably going on a hike or a walk, and then just eating home cooked meals. Like I, I cannot wait for that. Glick, big weekend for Temple. It was getting a couple comments, uh, making sure we give a shout out to the Owls this week yeah the boys had an amazing weekend off friday game against Rutgers on saturday but most importantly we had a league game against westchester on sunday a team who has been ranked higher than us for a very long time and we always have them circled on our schedules and we were able to pull off a big win horns down and we're just excited for villanova in two days pumped up for you guys uh huge weekend herm was not so lucky uh it was a tough weekend for the comets herm I don't, do you do you want to talk about it you want us to just skip over you pain Pain Central. It was a, it was a little bit of a struggle in Syracuse. It was I'm sure I'm sure we're all familiar with the the Thanos meme that's like what did it cost everything? Right now the New Jersey Devils are on a 10 game win streak and part of that is built off of the success that the Utica Comets had on a 13 game win streak to open their season last year. They had a hell of a season, came up short in playoffs but developed a whole host of talent that is right now killing it in New Jersey. Akira Schmidt is in net. Nico Dawes went up shortly. So that's 1A and 1B goalies that were in New Jersey at the time of that Syracuse game. Alex Holtz is up in New Jersey. Fabian Zetterlund is up in New Jersey. Kevin Ball is up in New Jersey. Comets were kind of shorthanded going into that game, and things were rough. The little definition of suffering from success is the Utica Comets right now. Definitely the Thanos meme uh, going on in Utica right now. It was a decent weekend in Syracuse. We went down to Philly on Friday night, took care of business against Nova. They rocked their camo jerseys. We rocked ours in warmups. Collins and I were going back and forth. We were trying to make it work. We were going to do camo on camo. I made the final call and I thought that their camo jerseys were going to clash with ours. We ended up wearing ours in warmups and it looked great. We honestly probably could have pulled it off, which which would have been for made for a cool matchup. Took care of business against Villanova on Friday and then I mean we got out of the rink got back to the hotel we're probably in bed by close to two o'clock just because it was a late night game and then uh, we had to get up early morning to play TCNJ at noon just behind the eight ball the whole game they went up one nothing and then they were up two to one got out to four to one in the third and then we stormed back with 10 minutes left and made it four three but it was just it, it was too much too late and I got to give credit to their goalie we outshot them 50 to 20 
So I think he had at least like 47 saves in the win and and he really kept them in the game. There's moments in that game where we had the puck in the ozone for like nine minutes straight. They just capitalized on their odd man rushes going back the other way and we dug ourselves a hole, but they were a tough team to play against for sure on Saturday afternoon. A couple stories from the weekend though. Uh, I thought this one was pretty funny. Not funny because of the injury, but uh, a guy on our team, Zach Goldenberg, he got hurt at Nova and I was going to chirp Collins about this, but he got hurt at Nova and then there's no trainer there. And so like we're trying to find a trainer. The rink guy comes to our bench and he's like, I can get you an ambulance. And we are like, well, it's just his ankle. Like, I don't know if we need an ambulance for this. He limps off the ice, doesn't get treated because there's no trainer. He goes back to the hotel. We go get him some crutches. He walks around our crutches for the rest of the weekend. We get home on Saturday. Johnny Cajola takes Goldie to the hospital. He gets looked at and he's checking him in to get looked at. And the guy at the desk is like, oh, what's his name? And Johnny goes, Zach Goldenberg. And the guy's like, oh, how do you spell it? And Johnny's response, straight face just goes, I don't know. We call him Goldie. And I thought it was the the perfect answer because like as hockey players, we get so used to just calling each other the shortened versions of our last names. Not only do we forget what guys' first names are, but we certainly cannot spell their names if we tried. And as Herb could say, when I wrote Goldenberg in the notes, I butchered his last name as well. Just goes to show you that like, hockey players and their nicknames so i thought that was a funny story from the weekend had the opportunity to hop on a couple podcasts this week which was cool being a guest on somebody else's show uh i jumped on the hockey toolkit with a good friend of mine andrew trimble family friend been playing hockey for him since seventh grade he is the owner of the new england wolves and owner and gm of the new england wolves in the ehl no surprise there like they've done a great job of shouting out their guys that go to the acha and if you're a newer listener of the show i would definitely recommend checking out the episode of the hockey toolkit i kind of walk through the background of why i ended up playing acha how the hockey house got started and all that stuff and then i also jumped on the un why chl rinkside podcast to talk a little chf action because i will be joining james witherite in the booth on sunday afternoon and uh, helping him call some chf games in a showcase that they're having in elmira between two of the top conferences in the chf so lots of exciting stuff to go around uh herm i i know you listened to the episode but i'm, I'm sure it was a little odd listening to me on another hockey podcast was definitely strange you're a natural on the other side of the mic too which which was cool to listen to with that being said we'll jump into the news tonight the lead as we speak right herm we got unlv facing off against alaska anchorage has that game started let me check that's a great question we'll have an update in a in a couple seconds yeah okay they just announced the starting lineup so puck hasn't even dropped yet okay so puck drops probably 10 o'clock eastern time then all right so unlv looking for revenge against alaska anchorage Remember, they lost 8 nothing the first night they went to Anchorage. 2-1 game the next night. They're trying to get a win in their third and final meeting. Then tomorrow night, Thursday, November 7th, the podcast will be released by the time this game has a result. But Liberty is also going to get their shot at Alaska Anchorage and then Friday and Saturday. And then UNLV and Liberty will face off. I like to call us the Battle of the Saints and the Sinners in round one. It'll be the first time these two teams meet up with each other. I know feisty rivalry last year. They met up in Nationals as well. Some exciting hot for sure we'll have the results uh when we come back from the thanksgiving break and we'll talk about those games heading into the rankings minot state takes over at the number one spot uh when i saw this i made me think of the michael scott like snip snap snip snap because i think that's what's going to happen all year i think Minot and UNLV are just going to go back and forth at the one and two spot because UNLV who hadn't played in a couple weeks they swept Colorado Minot played what one game against Williston State and that jumped them to one it was like I I, I didn't really get quite get the math there on that one but computer rankings gonna computer ranking yeah and more ranking talk uh two Eschel teams jumped up two fell Pitt moved from 13 to 10 Niagara leaps frogs from 21 to 11 that is coming off of a huge win for the Purple Eagles um, against Adrian. We'll get to that in a little bit. And then Stony Brook fell from 18 to 22. And then in the National Oswego, they were at 16. They moved to 21 after RIT upset them on Friday night. Want to give a shout out to Colin's favorite team, Navy. They are knocking on the door, coming in at number 26 on the outside, looking in at the top 25. We had some breaking news on Friday, which we weren't really aware of. We saw the teaser video on Friday morning, and then shortly after that, the ACHA made the announcement. But they teased a little video with uh, the Canadian flag emojis and the American flag emojis. And uh, we kind of got the idea that they were planning something. Now, the ACHA used to send players to the World University Games. Uh, They no longer do so. 
Uh, this event seems like an alternative, though. The ACHA is going to send two teams in April to Romania for the World Cup of University Hockey. Uh, the two ACHA teams going, one will be comprom- comprised of Americans, the other one Canadians. I believe they're taking 20 guys and two goalies for each roster, a coaching staff and an equipment manager. I mean, my eyes lit up when I saw this. I think this is awesome to get guys going over there and experience for guys in the ACHA to wear you know, their country's home colors on the front of their chest. And I think it's a really cool opportunity. I would love love to speak with the league and see how they're picking these teams because, I mean, guys on my team were asking, like, well, is there going to be a tryout? How are guys going to go? And it's like, well, think about the skill in this league is if you took the best player from every top 20 team, you'd have a great team. Like, I don't know how they're going to pick team. I, there's probably D2 guys that are going to call plenty of good talent in Division Three on those top teams. So it'll be really interesting to see how they decide to pick the team. I'm sure the the, the coaches will have plenty of say in that once those are announced. But Herm, you were on the scene and, and got the breaking news graphic out for us. What were your original thoughts when you saw this announcement? I was excited for the guys because this is an event that has kind of taken a hiatus since COVID because it used to be run out of Russian and kind of Russian affiliated countries. It used to, there was one in Russia, there was one in Kazakhstan. I know that Gianni Evangelisti and Sean Hogan uh, were guys that went overseas to represent Ohio to, to represent the red, white, and blue. They loved that event so much. So I'm so excited for the current ACHA players that are going to get elevated on a world stage. Yeah, it'll definitely be cool. Um, I really, like I said, excited to see how this uh, turns out. Glick, I don't curious to see what the guys at Temple, if they saw it, if they had any thoughts on it. Oh, um, not that I really know of. Honestly, you can just honestly cut that part out. I don't think anyone <laughs> on the team even knows. I like honestly, I looked at, I saw it in my email. I was like, cool. No one from Temple's gonna want to go there anyway, or, <laughs> or even make the team. Obviously, cut all this out. But yeah, all right. You you can cut out my question then too, Herm. Yeah, sure. uh, Should be excited. I was saying I would like to nominate myself as the seventh defenseman. Like, just let me go and make content and make TikToks with the guys and talk about it on the pod. And like, I don't mind if I get scratched. Like, get me in one game, get me in the lineup, get me in the team photo, get me in the USA parka. Like, that'll all be good with me. And I'll I'll just make the content. I mean, if there's an equipment manager, they got to have a social media manager there as well. And I, I think Herm is making a strong case for that position as well. If we're not in playoffs for the Comets or UCFC, my boss has already given me the okay for me to go to Romania. Just to make just to make it clear, he was like, go have fun if we're not in it. So there we go. Herm's already got the green light. Hashtag hockey house to Romania. Uh, in other news, the hockey house game of the week last week, uh, Cock Hockey and Clemson did not disappoint. Ended in kind of a wild brawl. Herm, you saw this one. I, I was getting back to the hotel on Friday night, and, and you already had it up. Kind of walk us through this one. So I saw the, the Comets game had just wrapped up, and I was on our Twitter. Happened to see some chirps flying from whoever was on social admin duty for Kakaki on Twitter. Immediately went over to the broadcast. Uh, student Game Cock Television does a great job on those I immediately was like, whoa, this got out of hand at the end of the game. For those who didn't see the clip, there's just kind of like this wild brawl post game. So a Clemson player tries to to rip a stick out of friend of the podcast, Liam Gormley's hands. There's a cross check as time expires. Gorms is like waving at the Clemson players as the buzzer's going off. There's a scrum that pops off. Everyone gets involved. And there's this like phenomenal commentary from Tommy Cooper to, to, to score the whole situation. It was the most emblematic moment of the Palmetto Cup that you could have asked for. The Plex going nuts through the whole thing and Sandstorm in the background. I know Murph and I still have PTSD from that. Just a beautiful, beautiful, the CHF is a jungle kind of moment. Yeah, it it was everything that you asked for when South Carolina and Clemson get together. That was definitely, uh, you know, it it was kind of like, it it was surprised to see something that, and then at the same time, like, it was like the least surprising thing to see on my feed on a Friday night. Something that was surprising on my feed, though, this weekend uh, was when I found out that you Mary's streak came to an end. I think dating back to last season, I, I I can't find it. I'm looking for the notes, but December of last season, December of last season was last time they lost. It was what? 30 four 35 games in a row i think it was 37 okay a couple weeks ago it was 34 so i wouldn't be surprised if it got up to 37 so 37 wins in a row the streak comes to an end the saint thomas tommies 
put it to to bed. They hand the Marauders their first loss of the season. And like I said, first loss in over 35 games with a 5-0 shutout. It is also the first time that the Marauders have lost on home ice to an ACHA Division II opponent since January of 2020. Crazy to think how different the world is that we live in since the last time the Marauders lost on home ice to a Division II opponent. When I saw that, I was like, wow, that is an amazing streak. It just goes to show you that anyone's beatable. Hats off to the Marauders for an amazing streak. Also, shout out to the Tommies for playing spoiler. They are 9-3-1. Their NCAA Division I team is 2-10-0. So the Tommies off to a hot start compared to their NCAA counterparts on campus, and the boys deserve all the recognition they're getting. Mentioned a little bit earlier, Niagara was 21 at the time of the game they upset number three adrian on the road uh the purple eagles made the one game road trip worth it on friday night niagara just coming in playing spoiler they they're they're, they'll play anybody at any time and they drove out to adrian on friday night and they took care of business for the weekend and i think herm are we going to play a clip of coach tom meridian we're going to cut to him right now Hi, everyone. My name is Tom Moradian. I'm the head coach of our men's ACHA Division One hockey team here at Niagara University. The guys at the Hockey House were kind enough to give us some kudos for our performance last week at Adrian College, and we certainly appreciate that. But before we get into last weekend's breakdown, I just wanted to take a few seconds to say, on behalf of everyone in our non-NCAA hockey program at Niagara, we appreciate everything the five of you do, week in and week out, to help grow our men's and women's divisions with your platform. As far as Friday's matchup with Adrian is concerned, all I can really say is this. What a great group of talented hockey players and coaches that gave us an opportunity that we can't thank them enough for. I have such a tremendous amount of admiration and respect for Coach Gary Astalos and the work he's done to keep Adrian a powerhouse every season. Uh, Sammy Spate, Connor Smith, just to name a couple of their players who are super fun to watch and coach against. Those guys always seem to do the little things right, which lead to offensive opportunities and make them such a fun team. Not only are they a fun team to play against, but I can tell you that they're one of the best programs on the M1 circuit. At the end of the day, we were fortunate enough to squeak out a win, but I think the thing that we appreciated the most about Friday's game was the situational experience that we took from it. We trailed, we tied up, led, tied up again, and eventually protected a lead against one of the best teams in the country. We had goals that we earned. We certainly got some puck luck as well. I won't deny that. But the coaches were happy to see the boys capitalize on it and secure the W. If we want to make it to and have success at the national tournament, this is the type of in-game experience we need to build on and anticipate with opponents of their stature for sure. From an individual perspective, first-year players Devin Sanders and Lucas Fancy really stepped up and provided a solid offensive performance. Just to highlight some of our vets, AJ Campbell, Anthony Thurston, Grant Zell, you know, those are upperclassmen that really elevated their games to help protect the lead in the third. Uh, from a personal perspective, perspective, what I was the most proud of was our compete level in the third. You could tell our group was selling out for one another, and they did absolutely everything they could to keep the puck out of the back of the net. I think Grant even made a save on a penalty shot with less than a minute left in regulation to help bolster our confidence. As exciting as it all was, though, we still have to remember that it's just one game. Success at this level is sustained through consistency. That's what we've been trying to preach to our room all season long. You know, winning a game against a high-quality opponent isn't necessarily the most difficult piece. Duplicating that performance is. So we've worked really hard to reframe our program at Niagara, and I'm glad the boys were able to enjoy some of the fruits of their labor last week. But if we want to continue to prove ourselves, we have to continue to work, work to perform against the likes of the Stony Brooks of the world, the Ohio's, the Pittsburgh's, etc. You know, I personally believe believe very strongly in our team. I believe that if we keep our focus, we can be a successful group. We might be a little young, but I think the development our guys are getting each and every week, particularly with this year's strength of schedule, is invaluable. Thanks again to everyone at the Hockey House. Thanks so much for reaching out. Keep up the good work, you guys. And always remember, go Perps. Always a blast hearing from Tom. Uh, another big win this weekend was Kennesaw State. They knocked off Tennessee by a score of 7-6. to six. For reference, Tennessee beat Georgia earlier in the year 6-0, and then Georgia went and beat Kennesaw State 14 to nothing. Um, so this is a huge win for Kennesaw State. And as the boys in the interview later on here will tell you, College Hockey South, there's a lot of parity this year. Uh, every team is is beatable, and you can kind of see that in the results. Very exciting for the league, and, and we'll kind of dive into that in a bit. But uh, another shout-out to the boys at UNH. Uh, they knocked off Florida Gulf Coast in the showcase at UMass this weekend. And then I want to give another shout-out to the guys at RIT. They got a top-20 win over Oswego. Uh, Oswego did respond the next night with a split, but RIT making a dent in Oswego's ranking, pushing them out of the top 20 this week. Wanted to, wanted to give stick taps to NYU. They split with Stony Brook. Uh, after losing 11-2 to on Friday night, they then traveled to Long Island. They knocked off the Seawolves by a score of 3-1. to Just goes to show you, like I, like we mentioned, there's a lot of parity this 
here. Everyone can beat anyone. Anyone can beat anyone. Quote from a Stony Brook player, the Eschel makes no sense this year. Uh, I think that is a very accurate statement. It seems like there's a lot of splits so far, and uh, anyone can beat anyone on any given night. Speaking of which, Pitt rallied. They uh, lost 7-1 to to Ohio on Friday night. They bounced back with a win of their own on Saturday. Just really cool when teams get blown out on Friday night. Obviously, no one wants to see anyone get blown out, but to respond the next night and, and get the W is definitely a huge morale booster. Speaking of morale boosters, this team has had plenty of morale going on right now. Arkansas is on an absolute heater. Uh, they have not given up a goal in their last seven games. He, I said heater because I'm thinking of that Jack Hughes quote, just an unbelievable press conference. That feels like the Arkansas boys just on an absolute heater, so they're not going to change the way they play right now. Calling your shots, we heard from Matt Marquis of Arizona. He said, be on the lookout for the boys. U of A going to make a serious push this year. Never cocky or confident, but we think we got the squad to get it done this year. So we're excited to see where the U of A boys go. Herm, I'm going to save your hot take for the second half of the show. Hopefully we can rally, tackle those hiccups, but we're going to head into our interview. This week's guests are Cam Campbell, aka Soupy and Robbie Whitwer of UGA Hockey. We actually had Soupy on last year. But we had some technical difficulties with his episode. It didn't save properly. We were still trying to figure out Zoom because of all the technical difficulties we were having that weekend. So happy to have him on. And as always, this interview is brought to you by Optimex Sports. Optimex Sports provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website. The best part is your first year is free. So be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And if you're interested in signing up, be sure to use our referral link at Optimex Sports. OptumXSports.com slash sign up slash hockey house pod. OptumX is also now hosting office hours for those looking to learn more about the product. These guys are great at what they're doing and nobody is doing what they're doing for the ACHA and the CHF in terms of giving you a visual brand and a clean looking website. So be sure to check them out. Learn more at OptumXSports.com. And if you're interested too, we are always there to answer any questions you may have. Uh, we work with the website all the time and, and are happy to help teams get the ball rolling with Optimex Sports. So without further ado, we'll turn it over to Cam Campbell and Robbie Whitwer. We're pleased to be joined by two members of the University of Georgia Bulldogs, senior Cam Campbell, a.k.a. Soupy, and sophomore Robbie Whitwer. Boys, welcome to the Hockey House. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. We're pumped to have you guys on. This is round two for Soupy. We recorded with with you uh, almost this time last year. Some technical difficulties, Zoom call, file didn't upload. Basically, that thing went to the graveyard. So we're happy to have you back in your super senior season here. I heard you're uh, graduating December. You looking forward to retirement or are you enjoying the last couple couple months of the season? Oh, I mean, I'm definitely enjoying it and, and soaking every second in. The body's done. The body's ready to... to- to turn it in and hang them up. I feel you. As a senior, the, the knees hurt a little bit more. The bruises feel a little bit bigger. Definitely. And, you know, it's going on. You know, I'm a, I'm a 97, so been added, been added a minute. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's about that time. Yeah, well, well somebody's got to tell the boys about the old days in the ACHA. So yeah, that's, why, exactly. that's why they got you still around. Pumped to have you guys on. Robbie, we'll toss it over to you. You're kind of the young gun on the show right now. How did you end up at UGA? Where did you play hockey growing up? And, and what led you to uh, attend Georgia? Actually, my older brother is a couple years older than me, and he's a senior uh, that plays at Ole Miss. So he won uh, the SEC championship back in 2019-2020, so I kind of knew about SEC hockey, and he told me the one place I should go other than Ole Miss is Georgia. You know, he said going to play there is the the best barn to go play in. Kind of checked it out, had uh, Coach Campy show me around the the facilities, really, you know, fell in love with the school, fell in love with the program, and uh, the rest is history. Now, where were you playing, like, travel hockey growing up? And were were you, are you from the Southeast? No, I'm actually not. So me and my brother were both from uh, Denver, so we grew up playing travel there but uh, ended up playing together in high school for our uh, high school team so all four years did that had a lot of fun high school out there you know it's not the best but pretty cool to get to play for your school love that and then yeah came to Georgia from there that's awesome so you basically found out about SEC hockey through your brother was that like a huge jump that your brother made and did he not really know that much about it until he got there yeah no he really didn't actually had a a family friend who uh, ended up played high school in Minnesota but ended up playing down at Ole Miss so he went down uh, visited him for recruiting trip. I think the boys took him out. He loved it. Had a great time. Kind of discovered that hockey existed down south. Got me into it too. So That's awesome. And Soup, I feel like, not to keep making old jokes, but it was a long time ago when you found out about the ACHA. Walk us through like your hockey career and what led you to Georgia. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Georgia boy. Like I've been playing, you know, I grew up playing junior thrashers and I actually got to know our longtime equipment manager, Steve Benneke, through officiating ice hockey. I met him when I was probably 
11 or 12 years old and he was one of those guys like every time he showed up to the rink he was wearing uga hockey stuff so from like a really young age i just like i knew uga had a hockey team and that if i was gonna stay in the south and you know go to school that was gonna probably be where i went now did you grow up like a diehard thrashers fan yeah i mean they they left when i was i was probably only like 12 or 13 when they left went to the the only two playoff games we got swept by the rangers and and stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely a diehard Thrashers fan. If you had to get one powder blue Thrashers jersey right now, who, what player are you getting on the back? Even though he wasn't here a, a ton of time, probably Marion Hosa, just because, yeah, he had a really good career and I was able to, I was actually able to meet him when he was playing for the Blackhawks, but, you know, loved having him in Atlanta. So, probably Hosa. I've always said like a Kovalchuk powder blue Thrashers jersey would just be like the perfect tailgate jersey. That's my choice. I got to I got to pull the trigger on one of those before I graduate. It's crazy like you guys when people think of SEC hockey, I think you guys are right up there. Classic Center is kind of iconic amongst the teams in the South. I know you there's plans in place for a new rink. Kind of walk us through what that process has been like. I know that the city of Athens announced that they're going to try to get an ECHL team. How involved with the new rink have you guys been? I mean, we've been like in conversation with the Classic Center. I mean, it was through it's mainly like SPLOS funded and and, and privately funded and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's got to be connected to the current Classic Center. Fans and, and students will be able to walk directly from the new arena, you know, straight through the breezeway, across the street to where the current Classic Center is, and then out front to downtown to hit the bars. So it's going to pretty much be in the, in the same general area, so we're excited about Soup, as a guy who's played there a lot, do you think that the success and like the attendance that you get definitely factored into their decision to build this new arena and try to draw pro hockey to Athens? Definitely. They relied heavily on us when they were trying to get SPLOS approved to, you know, spread the word about the new arena and try and get people to vote for it and and be behind it and all sorts of other things that's going to help with other than just hockey. But they definitely, they knew that like having us involved and people wanting to come see Ice Dogs games would be, would be a huge help to get it approved and getting it like i mentioned earlier soups you played for uga as a freshman when they're in the acha what was your welcome to the acha moment when you kind of first got to suit up for the bulldogs well so uh i transferred from kennesaw so i had a i had a little bit of acha experience at kennesaw i have a vivid memory of well not super vivid but playing eku at kennesaw and i uh cycled the puck down low and mesmerized that cycle pass for some reason just completely turned around looking at it and i don't i don't know what they feed him at eku but the the winger stepped down from covering the d and just absolutely lit me up i missed the next three or four games with a concussion so that was a welcome to the acha moment don't watch your pass for too long because they hit a lot harder in the acha than they did in juniors was that at lexington when you played at eku no that was at uh, the old town center where ksu used to play it's now like a parking garage gotcha gotcha eku doesn't have a team anymore correct I don't think so. Yeah, you used to have a really big rival with Kentucky. I'm not sure that's a a thing anymore. But Robbie, you first suited up for the Ice Dogs in the CHF. What was your welcome to the CHF moment? Yeah, I mentioned that my uh, older brother played at Ole Miss. That we were we were out there playing him last year's, you know, like my second or third game. You know, family's in town. My mom's in the corner wearing a Georgia hockey jersey and an Ole Miss hat. It's kind of funny, but uh, I get a long stretch pass, just like kind of soup said, looking behind me, just get completely lit up. But you know, that wasn't even the bad part. The bad part is their their team photographer got it, got like a still shot of me getting lifted off my feet backwards. So yeah, I mean, he ended up getting a picture made of it. So my brother sending me pictures of all of them with the picture in the locker and pointing at it, seeing it all over social media. So yeah, I got, got clowned for that one a little bit, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely got up from that one a little bit embarrassed, but, uh, yeah, starting to keep the head up now. Who won the, the Whitwer family grudge match? Well, you know, I, of course, of course we went in there and swept him. Couldn't leave without two W's. That was, that was pretty cool though, to get to play against him, you know, growing up in Denver and then finding ourselves in Olive Branch, Mississippi, playing against each other for representing Georgia and Ole Miss was something that I never really saw happening so it was a pretty cool moment got a got a picture after the game all that good stuff that's like uh the chf version of like when the kachucks play each other and they like pan to the family in the crowd yeah exactly same thing same thing that was pretty cool we'll we'll 
we'll get to see him again in January. So I'm excited. That's awesome. Let's talk about this year. How's the season been going for you guys? Some highlights so far. Soups, I'll throw it over to you for this one. Yeah, I mean, definitely started out a little rocky for what we were expecting. We had a, a really good, strong group of freshmen, and we knew we were going to have a good team this year. I mean, as of late, you know, things have been good. I think we're on five-game winning streak, hoping to keep things going into the into the break and just keep building on that going into you know second semester in playoffs. And Robbie, I know in your second season, I think as a sophomore, things are all, you always have a little bit more higher expectations. What are your thoughts on the season so far? Yeah, I mean, uh, like Snoopy said, I think we got out to a little bit of underwhelming start, dropped a couple of games that, you know, uh, we wanted to steal against Tennessee and South Carolina, but I think we're starting to find our groove. I think, you know, any team needs to find an, you know, an identity and we're no exception. We got, we got a lot of young guys coming in that are kind of finding their way around, but yeah, in the past, you know, past five games, I think we've, we've really found it. Coach Campy's a big system guy when we're all kind of starting to get into that and play as a singular unit. I mean, I think it's starting to remind me a little bit how we looked last year so. Looking up, you know, trying to get through this last little stretch before Christmas and then uh, on to our big Savannah tournament in January and kick things off second semester from there. Yeah, I felt bad, actually, because I, I gave you guys the wit dog curse. You know, he came down to Athens and you guys were buzzing to start the year. And then you guys dropped that Tennessee game right after he came and visited. Did you guys get the opportunity to meet him at the tailgate? What was that like? We did. Um we kind of went on a, a little bit of a two-day bender with, with with him and his crew. We Some of us ran into him Friday night in downtown Athens, and then they were nice enough to invite us out to their tailgate the next day. So we, we spent a good you know, two or three hours tailgating with them leading up to the football game and then going out with them that night as well. So it, it was awesome to get to meet them. And they were, you know, it was just a big group of hockey guys, like Witt and his brother and a bunch of their friends. You know, just a lot of guys that played either Division One college hockey or a little bit of pro and just... A bunch of beauties. Was Yandel with them too? Was he part of the yeah. group? Yandel's there too. I, I was watching, you know, classic, like uh, you come home for lunch and, and I'm sitting on the couch and I just like throw on chicklets for background noise on the YouTube. And he's talking about how he's going to Georgia and he's so pumped for the tailgate and they're all giving him a hard time because like, they're like, oh, no one's going to recognize you. And he's joking how everyone's going to be drinking Pink Whitney. He's going to rub it in their face that it's his drink. He was probably psyched to like meet more hockey guys because I think a lot of people agree like hockey guys are the best guys to go out with because everyone's just so down to earth like they don't really care who you are if you played hockey what level you played like I'm sure they loved being around you guys we were kind of expecting like maybe like oh we'll get to say hey and then we're just gonna you know let them be let them do their thing you don't want to we don't want to like you know ruin their weekend or anything but they were just like so happy that there was a bunch of hockey guys around that like could talk hockey and you know they didn't really know much about Georgia so they were asking us a lot of questions about the program and the SEC and like how things work so it was it was pretty cool Robbie did you get to, to chime in with Wit at all uh, like Soup said, he really, you know, took the time of day, which was cool to uh, get to know us. Kind of the, the the funny thing on that, we had uh, at the beginning of every year, our coach likes to set us up with some type of, you know, training thing. So this year we went down to uh, Milledgeville to the Georgia Military College that Sunday. Had to get up, get on the bus at 630 in the morning to get all the boys there. You know, they're they're working us out right away, laps, squats and stuff. And the boys are just banged up from the couple of days before because, you know, Wit was there. So we had to, you know, had to show up have a good time but uh yeah that next morning we were in uh, pretty poor shape but yeah no it was a good time good memories you know this type of stuff that the boys look back on and laugh but yeah that was a tough morning that is brutal well, while we're on the subject of, of Wit coming down for the football game, I think it's a, a nice opportunity to talk about one of our big things is like a lot of guys are are playing junior hockey and they're going to these small D3 schools in the middle of nowhere. They definitely don't have the atmosphere that you guys have on game days in Athens. Kind of talk about your experiences. I know with the national championship last year, that must have been huge. But like, what's it like going to a big school where everybody it's such a passionate fan base, no matter what the sport is? Yeah, I mean, coming from Colorado, I really, you know, had no idea until I got down here what a what a big deal Georgia is to, you know, everybody at the school. The passion is real, and obviously the football team being uh, so good lately, it's been buzzing around campus. But but like you said, it really doesn't matter what the sport is. I mean, these kids come to a, you know, a Georgia Georgia Auburn game, hockey game, and they're they're cheering, you know, as loud as they can. They have no idea what they're cheering for. You know, they love the sport. They love that it's dogs versus tigers, the border war. All the rivalries still apply. You know, it's still a Georgia sport sport people are all out they're passionate they love it you know that they'll, they'll bark at the other team on the way out of the tunnel you know all that good stuff so you know we love our fans it's uh it's a big deal i think it's a you know part of the reason why our program is so special is you know that support we get on and off the ice so dog nation is uh something else 
like you said. Soup, you don't you don't strike me as a barker. Are you are you barking at people or are you just sticking to the go dogs? On a football game day, once you know, once once I have enough drinks, I definitely start barking at people. I mean, you have to. You just have, you just have to. That's awesome. Kind of talking about last season, it was the first time that the CHF was able to successfully host the Federation Cup due to you know the pandemic. They in 2020 they basically got halfway through the tournament and then the world was changing before our eyes. They canceled it and shelved it. I want to know through your experiences, Super, you can start because I, I know you got to play a little bit in some ACHA playoff games. What was the atmosphere like at uh, the CHF Federation Cup last year? It's definitely a lot different than the ACHA in the sense that you know if you're not if you're not a one or two seed in the ACHA, then you wouldn't auto bid. So, you know, you'd have regionals where you kind of get to tune up a little bit and play some meaningful games before you got to nationals. Whereas like we played our conference tournament and then it was what you know two weeks later we're we're in a round robin game in nationals. The intensity was definitely there uh, in the sense that like there you know there's no regionals tune up or anything. It's like the second you get there, so you you know better go three and zero in round robin play if you want to go to the next round. So. Uh, it was awesome to have that intensity, and it, it seemed like every group that was there, you know, all four teams in the group were were very competitive, and any team could win any game. So that was, that was exciting to experience. Yeah, Robbie, as a freshman, what was that experience like for you? Pretty cool. I mean, like Soup said, to get you know that many teams in the same place uh, was was pretty cool. You know, all, all the different jerseys coming through the hallways from all these schools. You know, I've never even heard of. So uh, it was pretty cool. I think, to be honest with you, the not making it out of pool play and that loss to Alabama left a you know pretty bitter bitter taste in all of our mouths. I think we uh, went to Philadelphia with a purpose, and that was to win the whole thing. That confidence is still there for us this year. But yeah, it came up a little bit short. Yeah, like Soup said over. Overall, you know, really cool experience. Uh, re- really cool to get to see uh, all those teams from all over the place. You know, obviously being in the South here, we don't necessarily get to uh, see all those teams up north all the time. But yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. They did a great job setting it up. Setting it up. Kind of handled UNH, and then um, you know you dropped that one to Bama. Going into the final game against USF, was there any hope? Like, did you guys have to win by a certain amount of goals, or did you, was that loss to Bama detrimental? Bama had played before us that day. We we knew we knew going into yeah. the game that even if we won, that it was a wrap. But we had uh, you know, like like every team, we we had three or four seniors that were just really important to the program. You know, the previous four years, and the mindset was just unfortunately, let's just take it out on USF. Like we're we're gonna win this game no matter what. I mean, let's at least we're gonna come all this way. Let's at least go two and one. And so that's. You know, that's where our heads were at with that one because that was, you know, we won that game in pretty dominant fashion, even though we knew uh, there was no way we were moving on. And I, I know it's a bummer to uh, to not make it out of pool play, but it was a successful season last year, considering you guys got to bring home an SEC championship. Talk about that run in the playoffs, College Hockey South, as it's now called, the College Hockey South title. Uh, what are your memories from that playoff run? You know, really, really special run to, you know, all of us. You know, we came together at the right time. I mean, even in that championship game, going down uh, two to nothing against FAU, you know, the feeling on the bench, you know, it just never changed. Just a really even keel through the whole weekend. I think we knew what we had had to do and uh you know just took one game at a time that moment when the buzzer went off like soup said to have those three or four seniors and send those guys out you know on a high note it was it was something that was really special and even despite what happened at nationals that conference championship is something that you know means a lot to us every year and to you know bring that home and get a chance to defend that title this year is uh pretty cool yeah and to add on to what robbie said with you know the conference tournament and all that you could feel the difference between when we won in 2019 and I was on the team and we won in 2022. Every team that was there had a chance to, it wasn't where, you know, if you're the one seed and you're playing an eight seed, like you're pretty much guaranteed that you're just going to wipe the floor with them. I think we went in as the two seed. We had a, a two goal game with Auburn, which I think we had an empty netter, a two goal game with Florida in the second round. And then, you know, obviously the the really close game with, with FAU. Last year felt even more special because it, it wasn't, you know, you didn't get, there was no gimmies. Every single game was a hard fought game against a great team. You got to win all three to win all three. So it was a special tournament. Yeah, I, I think it was really cool to follow along. It's crazy. Like a lot of people, I think when people talk about like expanding college hockey, everyone loves to look at the SEC just because of the brands. Like SEC football is so popular. Everybody recognizes the Georgia brand, the, the Clemson brand, the South Carolina brand. I say Clemson like they play in the SEC. I know they're an ACC school, but in hockey, they're an SEC school. Like, what's it like playing in all those rivalry games? Like, what are some of the games that you get up for? Because I know Georgia Tech is an in state rivalry, but then you got the border war with Auburn. Who are some of the programs that you guys really get up to play for? 
Yeah, I mean, I think you mentioned the obvious one. Uh, us and Tech share share no nice feelings towards each other. I mean, I think every single time that that game happens, we know we're we're in for a battle. Um, you know, last year things got pretty contentious at times. You know, uh, that we had the bench clearing brawl in the early fall, which I think, you know, kind of set the tone from there that no love lost there. But Auburn's the other one, you know, always a, always a really fun one. Got to have uh, Auburn out this past fall for a uh, doubleheader. Got Anson Carter up from Atlanta to drop the puck, which was pretty cool. Had the, the Greek night there that night. So a couple thousand people all yelling at those Auburn players really helped. But yeah, both those games, I mean, always know you're in for a, uh, a physical one. The bruises from that one feel a little bit different. But yeah, all, all those rivalries, whether it's Bama, you know, Ole Miss, like you said, that that SEC kind of tinge carries over to everything. R- really intense games. Like Robbie said, the, the rivalries from football carry over, and it's uh, it's one thing that makes the the conference really awesome. Is you have to get up for every game. There's not really other than maybe I guess to name names, you know, your your Kennesaws and your Middle Tennessees, like those ones. We don't. Those are those are kind of tough to get up for. But all the other ones, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Bam, Clemson, Tennessee, those are all just. Whether it's hockey or football, it, it's a big rivalry, so it, it's not hard to get up. Yeah, I was going to say the one that sticks out to me from a hockey perspective is South Carolina. I feel like when when people think of hockey in the South, the two big brands are the Cox and the Ice Dogs. Like the, those are the two. They're all over Instagram. Both get huge crowds. What is that rivalry like for you guys? And especially since I know they were pretty heated that they didn't get into the College Hockey South playoffs. I know they went on a run in nationals. What are those games like? Because I know that place definitely gets rowdy when you guys come to town. Yeah, I mean, that's it's it's, you know, the hardest barn to play in in the conference. I mean, I think every single time we we go there, we know we're at. We know we're in for one. Uh, they got those kids banging on the glass, filling the beer towers. You know, that's a team that's really had our, our number over the past couple of years. You know, we got them back in Athens at one of our outdoor games last year. And so we split with them last year. We're down 0-1 in the series this year. So looking forward to getting back at them. But uh, but yeah, they're a tough, physical, fast team. You know, always are with, uh, with really good goaltending. So that's always one that, you know, we circle on the calendar. I think, you know, like you said, as far as uh, SEC hockey goes, it's us, us and them. So... Nothing but respect for their program, but uh, every single time we play them, you know, we, we want to beat them pretty bad to show because, you know, there's only one college in the South and that's Georgia for hockey. So, yeah, I think the amazing thing about that rivalry is those are some of the the most, you know, intense, chippy games that you get. Yeah, like They can get, you yeah. know, almost downright dirty. But because I think both programs have such a, a mutual respect for each other, you get you get those really intense games. And then afterwards, you're talking with those guys about going and having a beer together afterwards. Great games to be a part of. And and, and definitely a rivalry that you know, myself being a senior, like I'll look back and, and cherish those games and cherish that rivalry. It's good for growing the game too, because like like you said, the, some of those weaker teams in the South, I think those games can be kind of tough to watch. They're slow. Sometimes they get chippy and, and they're not as exciting, but those those games between you guys and South Carolina, like they're fast paced. It's like a prime example of like when somebody's like, calling it club hockey and then we can kind of like show them the highlights of a game like that and be like like this isn't just club hockey like this is legit hockey look at the packed barns the physicality the goal scoring like this game has everything yeah and i mean i think should be degree but even outside our two programs there's really starting to be a lot of parity a lot of teams are getting a lot better i think other kids are starting to you know realize that they can get the club hockey gig while coming to a, a cool sec school with a lot of other advantages so i mean i've you know i've even noticed it a step up from last year you know there are no easy games on the calendar anymore so you know it's cool to see the league get better it's cool to see you know every team's competing for a playoff spot this year I mean the race is tight as it is but uh, you got teams like Vanderbilt and Middle Tennessee stealing games from you know teams that they never would have beaten a couple years ago so yeah like you said I think it's really good for the game it's only going to get better as time goes on. Soup, I know you mentioned it when, when we talked a year ago, but uh, you guys still putting together the rink at the Classic Center and then taking down the boards when it's all done? Yeah, yeah, still still having to uh, build it up and take it down ourselves. I think we're on, maybe we're going we're going on install number three coming coming up here next week. So we, we've already put it up and taken it down twice. So it'll it'll go up this time and it'll stay up until I think uh, about the first week of January. So we're, we're happy that it'll be up for a decent amount of time here. 
so walk people through that who who are hearing this for the first time. So when you guys play on the weekend, like you're building the boards that week, and then if they have an event, you guys got to take them down. Yeah. So it it depends on you know the scheduling of like what conferences they have or conventions or anything like that. But typically, the last two years, because of the backlog of events being scheduled caused by COVID, you're normally looking at um, Monday, put down one tarp, put all this foam on top of it, put down another tarp. There'll be like a Tuesday shift where you put all the boards up. We go around and we put all the boards up around. And then that night, once the boards are up, they'll flood it, come in the next day, like all of the the dots and the red lines and stuff. It's just, it's a piece of vinyl. It's not actual paint. So the next day you come in, put that down, they flood it. And then it's usually Wednesday night is uh, we'll put up the glass. It'll sit until sometimes it's good enough to skate on Wednesday night. Sometimes it's not even, it's not good enough to skate until Thursday. But yeah, I mean, it's usually like if we're playing on Thursday or Friday night, we don't actually start putting up the rink until four or five days before. So what does the practice schedule look like then? Are you guys driving somewhere else to practice during the week? Yeah. So where the Atlanta Gladiators play, the ECHL team, we've got a really good relationship with them. So they're, they let us, they let us skate at Gas South Arena. So we'll usually we try and just do once a week being that it's an hour away from Athens so we'll go there and we'll skate for two and a half hours to get enough ice time and we're working on what we need to work on another night of the week we'll do you know a combination of film and off ice or something like that. Robbie as a freshman last year what what do you remember from your first time putting the boards together yeah I mean it's funny uh how it all comes together I mean like Soupy said it's this whole intricate thing with the pipes going under there but I mean to be honest with you it's, it's pretty fun you get you know a group of group of 10 or 15 of you there or whatever for a couple hours and you know nobody really wants to be there but lugging the glass from one side of the uh the ballroom to the other with somebody else just kind of you know, talking. So I had no idea that's how it worked, but, but, you know, I think it's worth it to get those home games in Athens and get the fans, fans for a game so close to, uh, so close to them. So yeah, I mean, no, no complaints on that front. They didn't bring that up during the recruiting visit. No, huh? they just, uh, yeah, they just showed the ring. But yeah, they uh, they told me once I told them I was on board. We like to leave that part out when we bring recruits in the town. We don't mention that they have to build the ring themselves. We just tell them, oh yeah, like we have this awesome rink in downtown Athens, you know, we've, Leave, leave that little detail out. We haven't even mentioned, too, like, this is legit a ballroom that you guys are playing in. And then they fold out the bleachers, they build the rink. What are some things that you see at a, a UGA home game that you probably wouldn't see at other rinks because it's being played in a ballroom? Yeah, well, I mean, for starters, it's carpet on the floor everywhere outside the rink that the bleachers are on top of. Uh, I think another cool thing is our kind of temporary locker room that we get ready in is this little side side room. But we go to the bathroom with the fans, so it's always fun uh, throwing on the skate guards and walking over there and getting in a urinal next to it drunk fan that uh, wants to wants to talk a little bit about the game with you so that's always a fun experience but yeah I mean it comes it comes together really like nicely you know I can't honestly I can't even imagine it as a ballroom I just think of it as uh, our home ring it's pretty funny when you think about it I guess it definitely gets toasty in there the way they have to build it with uh, the pipes and the way it freezes and all that there's actually no seat on the glass so everybody's a little bit higher than than they would be normally and I think it actually helps with the noise level in there because you don't have a you don't have the first two or three rows behind the glass they're elevated so it, it, it brings more of the, the noise level onto the actual rate that's awesome anybody giving like power play advice when you guys go to the bathroom between periods like you know setting you guys up in the high umbrella no i mean like i said i think a lot of these kids that come to our game uh it's their their first hockey game of their lives so i think it's more uh bang that kid through the glass a little harder next time than than anything uh x's and o's wise but they're they're huge fans so a lot of it a lot of times it's their first hockey game but they absolutely love it i mean i think we'd all agree that hockey live is one of the best sports and i think you know the more and more eyeballs we can get on it uh the more and more people are going to be coming back for more so it's pretty cool to get to see give those kids uh, a, a fun time normally you're just mid piss and you've got a drunk frat kid trying to offer you money to fight someone that's that's usually how it goes so. trying to buy the jersey off your back yeah that that does yeah, happen that's too. another one yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so walk, i've seen the video before walk me through when you guys go out for the third period they kill the lights and everyone's got the flashlights going what is that tradition and is that done in other uga sports too it started with the fourth quarter for football the whole the whole stadium turns the flashlights on and and does the whole thing and I, i'm actually not sure when it started it, it feels like it's been going on most of the time i've been at uga but you know the bigger crowds we get everybody buys into it and it's uh that's a pretty cool experience to be out there and all the lights are off and 
the only the only way you're able to see to skate around the rink is everybody's flashlights. And now you guys take a break from playing at the Classic Center, right? And you guys play some games at the Pavilion. What is that like? Because you guys not only do you get to play in like a 2,000 seat arena in a ballroom, but then in the second half of the season, you guys are playing like outdoors every game. So you get you kind of get the best of both worlds. Soupy, I'll toss it over to you first. Like, what is that experience like, and why do you guys have to play outdoors for a portion of the year? Yeah, so the Classic Center has so many events from January to March that it's not it's not feasible to put up the rink inside and leave it. Uh, so we we put it just across the street uh, from our locker room underneath the pavilion. I mean, it's pretty cool. I, I think most of the out of state most most of the out of state kids don't even know about it when they get here, and we tell them like, oh yeah, we're gonna go set up the rink outside, and we're gonna play a hockey game outside in Georgia. We, we've only had a couple times where the the weather really had an effect on it. Otherwise, it, it works out pretty well where, you know, get to play some outdoor games and fans actually, you know, get to stand on the glass and, and we try and pack it as much as we can. Yeah, definitely, definitely two of my favorite games last year. I mean, the got down below 30 for first weekend, which is pretty cool, you know, throw on the eye black, kind of kind of feel like you're in the winter classic out there, get some uh, cool jerseys going. So yeah, definitely one of the cooler things we do. Uh, it was cool to get, you know, I think we got a couple wins against uh, Clemson and South Carolina last year on the outdoor games, which was pretty big down the stretch. So super cool thing that we do that uh, looking forward to this year too. With all the experience you guys get putting together the rink, the NHL ought to hire you guys to do the Winter Classic and the Stadium Series games. We could definitely do it. We could, yeah, do, it. We could do it with our eyes closed. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> The next time I turn on one of those outdoor games and they're having a problem with the ice and, you know, getting it ready in time for the game, I'm going to think of you boys because you guys have mastered it at this point. Yeah, we, we've had a, we've had a couple of times that uh, the glass will like come out of a stanchion from a head or something like that during a game. And before like the classic center staff can even like come over to fix it, like one of the boys just goes and puts it back in and we're good to go. That's awesome. That's that. That is what college hockey in the South is all about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Talking about all, all these special events that you guys do. Let's talk about the the Savannah Hockey Classic, right? I mean, that this is another huge event. Talk about growing the game in the South, the Thrasher Cup. Walk us through what, what this is like, you know, getting to play in front of a pretty much sold out crowd in Savannah, you know, playing college hockey against some of the top teams in the South. Yeah, I mean, when we uh, when we try and explain it to the younger guys, we always explain it as uh, you get to feel like an NHL player for the weekend. You've got people coming up to you outside of the hotel, you know, asking you to sign whatever they have on you, and you know, kids are fighting over broken sticks, and kids asking if we could take our socks off last year and give us their our give us our you know Savannah socks after the second game and and stuff like that. So it's you know it's an amazing experience. They have to have yeah security watching our locker room and barricades to keep people from trying to come in and, and all that. So it's, it's definitely a, you get you know, a pro-esque experience for the weekend in, in Savannah. Yeah. I mean, like Soup said, I really, being a freshman, you don't really realize it until you get there. What a big deal it is to these people. And it's also a big, you know, big deal to our program the whole weekend. We uh, go down and visit the children's hospital down there, which I, you know, before we get going in the games, which I think it's a really big deal for us to uh, get a little bit per of perspective before the weekend and get to uh, hang out with those kids for a little bit. And like Soup said, they think we're real athletes, which is pretty cool. And uh, obviously it's Florida and Tech. So, you know, both games are both games are big rivalries, big deal to us. Uh, came up a little bit short last year. Unfinished business this year. The whole weekend, super cool. You know, always go out as a team afterwards that Saturday night. Uh, downtown Savannah, just, you know, a really great time. Something really special that we do. I think it's, you know, one of the best best traditions in college hockey south, for sure. Is that a round robin tournament or is that like a semifinal in a championship game? It's kind of similar to the Veterans Day tournament we just played in. There's four teams there, but you only play two of them. The way they do it, uh, the first day is you're, you've got your two SEC teams playing each other and your two ACC teams. So you've got, you know, Tech and Florida State play the first day, Florida and Georgia. And then the second day you get your in-state rivalry, Florida versus Florida State and Georgia. Georgia Tech. You know, your best bet is just to go two and zero and hope. You know, our mindset every year is let's just go two and zero and hope that Florida State doesn't go two. Gotcha. And, and then we talking about pro hockey is is you know potentially coming to Athens. Savannah got a pro hockey team, and it's hard not to think that this event wasn't a huge part of them getting a team. Are you guys going to be able to play in the new arena, or are they going to be doing this one at the Savannah Civic Center? Yeah. So they told us that well, the tournament is being hosted at the new arena, and even when they um, there was an article written about how they basically gave their sales pitch to the league, to the ECHL about, you know, why they could support an ECHL team and, and, and why they would be able to thrive. And they use research and data from the tournament that we play in 
in Savannah to basically say like, hey, look, this is how hockey can do in Savannah. We think we can replicate this from October through March and, and have a pro team thrive down here. Yeah, it's pretty cool seeing. I know I know they sold out uh, their home opener and that place was rocking. And I can only imagine it'll look the same when you guys head there for the Savannah Hockey Classic again this year. Uh, so we're looking forward to watching you guys in that one. Let's see, what haven't we touched on yet? Is there anything we're, we're missing about the UGA hockey experience that we that we haven't touched on yet? No, I mean, that's that's kind of all I had. I mean, uh, I, I guess the one thing that we did kind of cool this year was uh, our trip up to upstate New York. Got to uh, play Buffalo State. Um, St. Bonaventure and uh, Niagara U, obviously the first, second or first round of uh, CHF rankings came out. And, uh, you know, I saw all three of those or at least uh, St. Bonaventure and Niagara up there in the, you know, top 10, top 15. So that was kind of a cool test for us to get to go up there and uh, play against some different competition. I mean, super physical games. Got to uh, take the boys to Niagara Falls one morning, which was funny seeing the, the guys were out of the butts and slides straight into the falls. So, but yeah, a r- really cool trip that we got to did. Cool to kind of play some out conference games and give those uh give those northern teams a taste of the south so you know that that was a lot of fun something we got to do this fall how was that bus ride to uh upstate new york from georgia it was a long one yeah it was a <laughs> uh, long one ended up splitting it up on the way up which is nice stayed in uh some town in west virginia which was funny in itself ended up doing the straight shot on the way back i think we got got done with uh the game against niagara on sunday sunday afternoon at like 5 30 and just were in it for the long haul yeah i think uh by the time we got there the boys were in in pretty bad shape yeah we made it made it in one piece which is good the best part was when we were getting ready to leave niagara and our bus driver couldn't he couldn't get the AC to work. We actually sat in the Niagara parking lot for a solid hour trying trying to get the AC to work. And I, I think he was able to get like the front of the bus to work, but not the back. Like all the boys that were on the back of the bus the whole way home were just dripping in sweat the whole way. It was an interesting road trip for sure. Another funny story comes to mind. We got, got done playing St. Bonaventure, I think that Saturday night. And Georgia football was down to uh, Missouri at one point like 12 points we get off the ice we get in the locker room we're we're all checking our phones kind of like you know scared we're we're you know we're down can't drop to missouri so all the boys load onto the bus we're driving back up to buffalo kind of in and out of cell coverage so we got one guy with the the game on his tablet and then i got a video of like it's like 20 of us all piled around the the one tablet in the back of the bus watching every play so that was pretty funny but uh yeah i mean you know we can't miss our georgia football so at all 20 of us piled back there on one tablet pretty funny but glad they they came back and got the one got the win definitely would have would have ruined the evening otherwise you know looking on the outlook uh, of the rest of the year soups i know you're, you're graduating soon but what are you looking forward to in the next couple of weeks as you wrap up your career as an ice dog oh i'm just trying to you know soak in these last five games and enjoy them as much as possible i'm really excited to to see what this team will do second semester. I think this team is is deeper than the one we had last year. You know, there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, we can we can accomplish anything we put our mind to as far as, you know, you know, winning the Savannah tournament and, and competing at SECs and and hopefully uh, you know, com- you know, going to the Fed Cup and competing there. As far as the semester goes, I mean, we're on a, you know, we're on a five-game win streak and I'm just I'm hoping we can we can keep it rolling for my last my last five career games. And then Robbie, you'll be there second semester. Like like we mentioned throughout the show, plenty of things to look forward to. You know, the classic playing outside, College Hockey South playoffs, and I'm assuming the Federation Cup. You guys will be right in that conversation. What are you looking forward to? Uh, you know, coming up this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said earlier, I think we have some you know unfinished business up in Philly. So you know, I think we've always kept our eye on the, the prize in that sense in terms of getting back there and taking care of business. You know, obviously got to take one thing at a time. You know, we got a really tough schedule second semester uh you know i think we play south carolina again got fau mixed in there so you know i have to take care of business on the back end and uh like i said that the conference tournament's obviously a huge deal to us every year uh we know that that's going to be a tough weekend especially with with the parity in the league right now but uh but yeah the expectations are high i mean like suit said we have a we have a really good deep team um that i think could uh, make a deep run so keep an eye on us Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys taking the time. Soup, I'm glad you guys reached out and we were able to get you back on and, and, and finally get an interview done. Wish you guys the best of luck the rest of the way. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it.
Once again, thank you to Soupy and Robbie for coming on the show and talking UGA hockey with us. We wish them the best of luck the rest of the way. Moving on to the Burgers blowout of the week in the ACHA at the men's Division One level. Two blowouts we had on our radar. Illinois State defeated Toledo by a score of 12-2. As we mentioned earlier, Stony Brook knocked off NYU 11-2. In men's D2 action, Montana defeated Eastern Washington 14-2. Illinois State beat the Milwaukee School of Engineering 10 to 1 and then Maryland beat Stevenson 9 to nothing. In men's division 3, Grand Valley State beat Adrian 13 to 1 and Dort beat Kansas 11 to 1. In women's action at the division 1 level, Lake Superior State beat Davenport 14 to 2 and then Niagara Women's Division 2, they beat RIT 25 to 1. Sioux beat Loyola Chicago 15 to nothing and 20 to nothing this weekend. The shots on goal were 109 to 7, breaking lights on the scoreboards in Chicago this weekend. In CHF action, Buffalo beat Erie Community College 13 to 1. Niagara's D3 team beat Onondaga Community College by a final of 26 to 1. Tough night to be a Blazer. The Purple Eagles played the Gullhorn plenty of times this weekend. Games to watch. We have the number one team in the country, Minot State, facing off against the University of Oregon. Uh, this is one will be played at Pepsi Rink at Mesa Arena. Oregon has been idle for a couple weeks now, so they're knocking on the door here. Should be a really good matchup against the new number one team in the country, Minot State. Friday night, Stony Brook faces off against number seven, Jamestown. Uh, Stony Brook looks to correct the course here with a non-conference matchup against the Jimmies. Friday night, number 14, Utah, takes on number nine, Arizona State. Two teams that have been on Herm's radar, top 10 teams out west that have kind of fallen off the last couple weeks. Those are two teams looking to correct the course right now. Saturday night, Wake Forest takes on UNC Charlotte. This will be played at Truist Field. We got a winter classic here. I believe the first one of the season. There will probably be a couple more games played outdoors throughout the year, but this will be the first one and it's happening in Charlotte, North Carolina, wishing best of luck to these two teams. Friday night in Tucson, we get a teddy bear toss as the number 18 Wildcats take on GCU. This one should be a fun one. Can't wait to see the reaction from the teddy bear toss goal. Friday night in CHF action, the number one team in the country, St. Bonaventure, takes on number two Farmingdale State at First Arena. This is part of that showcase that I will be heading to. I won't be there on Friday night, but I'll be there Sunday, so if the boys see me, make sure to say hi. I'll bring a couple hockey house pod stickers we got those now so uh, i will come armed for the bonnies and the farmingdale state guys saturday again at first arena we have farmingdale state facing off against number three binghamton and then on friday night herm i looking at the notes uh, you're, you're dragging me into this joke i'm not going to go through it talk about who's playing the plex on friday night ladies and gentlemen we got the black cox versus the voles south carolina is busting out their sweet sweet dark jerseys it's gonna be a time still still can't believe we're, we're saying that on, on a hockey podcast here we are friday night ohio the bobcats taking on maryville a budding rivalry in the cschl any game is a rivalry in the cschl when there's only three teams so good luck to those teams this weekend and then honorable mention we have temple and nova facing off against each other at the igloo another hockey house pod matchup that i'm sure everyone is excited for friday night we get utah state taking on university of northern colorado in D2 action, part of the Beehive Classic in Utah. And then Friday night, Bishops University is taking on UNH. The Kitties are traveling up to Canada for the weekend. Friday night, we also have DePaul taking on Indiana. Two teams in the Midwest battling out in ACHA Division 2. And then Monday night, this will be the unofficial game of the week next week, but we want to give an honorable mention since we won't be on the pod next week. NC State taking on University of North Carolina at PNC Arena for the Governor's Cup. UNC knocked off State earlier in the year 5-3. Ice Pack looking for revenge against the Tar Heels. That'll be a good one and it'll be on Monday night and probably on YouTube is usually where they stream that game. It's usually a very well done broadcast in front of a a packed house at PNC Arena so that'll be one to watch. And that brings us to the game of the week this week. Speaking of packed houses, we have the number 9 University of Louisville Cardinals taking on the number 4 University of Kentucky Wildcats. This one is going to be in Louisville at Iceland Sports Complex. It's the Battle of the Bluegrass. It's one that both teams circle on the calendar. And these teams have each other's number. I know it was a lot of hype last year. Kentucky got swept by Louisville and then still posted a hype video. And a, a lot of people did not like that. And so I think the Cardinals are, are again looking to uh, send a message this year. We'll go to Glick. Why don't you start us off? It's Louisville and Kentucky going at it. Red versus blue. Cardinals versus Wildcats. Cats, whatever you want to call it. Uh, who are you going with this weekend? 
I'll be honest, I'm going to have to go with Louisville. First of all, because I saw that Herm wrote Kentucky and I'm still upset that he made fun of the ECHA a couple weeks ago. But also, I don't know, Cardinals, Owls, the Birds just got to stick together here. You Herm- wrote Kentucky on the notes. What, the, what? What is this? Wow. I called an audible there at just last second. Glick's been hot lately too, so you don't mess with the mojo. Herm, who, who are, who's your pick for the weekend? I'm going Kentucky. I was high on them last year, and I'm going to continue to rock with them again, also because Glick switched his pick from them. I'm so torn on this one. I got plenty of buddies at Kentucky. Burke Rule came on the pod a couple of weeks ago. I, I don't know. I, I want to go Louisville. I just think they fly under the radar. I'm going to ride with my boys at Kentucky. I think it's time. I think they get it done. My gut is telling me Louisville because those guys, they just fly under the radar, but I'm not going my gut. I'm going my heart this week. I got Kentucky on Friday night at Iceland going with the Cats, Big Blue Nation. I think the Cats get it done this week. That'll be another exciting one. Can't wait to see the highlights from that one. I think they're doing a showcase. I think ETBU is coming to town. Ah, the Derby City Showcase. We got Louisville. Kentucky, ETBU, and Lake Superior State all convening this weekend. So it'll be an interesting weekend of hockey, and uh, we're looking forward to it. But uh, like we mentioned, we won't be doing a podcast next week. We'll let everyone enjoy the Thanksgiving break. So that being said, the question is, what are you thankful for that most people are not? That's the question, because I think every time we do this, everyone answers, oh, I'm thankful for the boys. I'm thankful for the ACHA. I'm thankful to play in the greatest hockey league ever invented. We all appreciate it. But I want to hear I want to hear some different notes here. So Herm, I'll toss it over to you because I told you guys my answer before the show started. My right hand, because I thought I wasn't going to be able to use it. And having it in a cast for quite some time made me wildly appreciate how easy it is to just like lift up my phone and not have to worry about my finger feeling numb anymore. So because of my own stupidity, I am wildly grateful for that. That's like um, when you get like a stuffed nose and you just want to breathe clearly so bad and you just feel like... Wow, I never should have taken it for granted when I could just breathe easily. I'm sure that's what you're feeling right now. Yeah, totally. I I totally took it for granted before I stabbed myself in the hand. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Glick, we've given you about 17 minutes now to think of an answer here. Do you have an answer yet? Are you going to punt this week? What do we got? I'm going to be 100% honest. I literally came up with it as Herm was giving his answer. And my answer is the fact that I never played NCAA hockey. I'm very glad that I came to ACHA mainly because I knew that if I would, have want to take the NCAA route, I would have had to take a gap year or two. And I would have been just a little bit behind on school. And I ended up at Temple and I've just had a phenomenal past three and a half years. I got a job lined up after college. I just don't think I would have been able to get that if that experience if I took the more traditional route and went to the NCAA. So I'm just very thankful that I decided not to do that. And now you play in the greatest league ever invented in hockey. Exactly. I am thankful for my landlord. I think we've touched on it a little bit, but this is the final year of the hockey house here in Syracuse. Our old landlord, thankfully, uh, went bankrupt and a company purchased all the houses and has remodeled all of them. Uh, They've painted the outside of our house. They're going to remodel the entire inside next year so no one can live in it. But it is just amazing when something breaks or, or our heat doesn't work and we call and they are here within 20 minutes. The trash outside my window is taken care of every day. I feel like I know the main guys. Uh, I can recognize their faces and make conversation with them every day and they're great. So I want to give a shout out to Victory Syracuse. Not an ad though. No no free ads on this pod, but I did want to give them a shout out. They're doing a heck of a job and I think being in college, it is very easy to have a bad landlord and they're doing a great job. So I uh, wanted to pump their tires this week. That's what I'm thankful for. That brings us to the end of the show. As I mentioned, we, no pod next week. Enjoy some time with your families. And if you're not enjoying time with the families, if you're a Canadian guy or a foreign guy and you're just hanging out, make sure you're around the fellas. Get a nice meal in you on Thursday. Make sure you're spending some time with with people that you love. Want to give a shout out, lastly, to all the beauties who are going to go to their hometown bars on Wednesday night and have to explain to people uh, what the ACHA is and what the CHF is and why they go to a school that has a hockey team that most people don't expect to have a hockey team. So that'll probably most likely be me on Wednesday night, but I look forward to telling people all about Syracuse hockey and the hockey house pod, but we want to wish everyone a happy and safe Thanksgiving. See you guys in a couple weeks. See you boys. Yeah.